listening to Buggy Talk, where some of your favorite authors, friends, and guests explore the simpler side of life. Here's your host, Amish fiction author, Tracy Fertikowski. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Buggy Talk. I'm your host, Tracy Fredikowski, and each week I bring you the story behind the stories along with the storytellers. For this week's episode, we have Sarah Harris on board. Sarah has written novels for publication since 2011 and has won awards in historical romance, Amish romance, medieval historical, children's fiction, and children's nonfiction. She holds a Bachelor of Arts degree in mid evil history and is a member of the romance writers of america wow sarah that's quite a bio and quite a diverse writing genre that i'm 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 very impressed and i can't wait to hear more about it well thank you so much tracy i really appreciate it and thank you for having me here a lot of people ask um why so many different genres and my answer is really quite easy. That's really the only way I've been able to combat writer's block. Hmm, perfect, perfect. I, I could see how that, that happens because, you know, when you write in the same genre all the time, your, your mind gets a little stale. So yes, this is a great way to keep the, the creative juices flowing, as you would say it. Well, exactly. I, yeah, I, I appreciate you so much for joining us today. I know we tried to have you on board here a few weeks ago and life just happens and that didn't happen, but I'm so glad that you decided to join us today. And I know we're going to talk about a few things, especially your newest release, Rebecca's Quilt, and I'm so excited to hear about that. But before we dig into that project, I do like to give our listeners a little inside look at their favorite author's writing career. So do you mind if I ask you some personal questions? Um, I'm excited to answer. <laughs> perfect, perfect. So tell us how many books you've written so far. I believe... Um, I believe I'm over 25 now. Oh, and how long have you been writing for? Since 2011 um, was my first published novel. But writing technically all the way back to third grade. Oh, that's a long time. That's a long time. Yes. And, you, and you have, and we talked about before, we, before I started recording, that you have five children, correct? That is correct, yes. And you've written 25 books within having five children in that period that of time. That is correct, so yes. I need to applaud you, that's for sure. So out of, out of all of those books that you've written, what would you say your favorite one is? My favorite book is always the one yet to come. <laughs> that's a great answer. Oh, I love it. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> that is perfect. Because you never know what those characters are going to do. If you're anything like me... The book writes itself. Those characters have a life all of their own. And you sit down to write them and they just tell their story all by themselves. Yes, they do that in my house too. Oh, good. And they, they tend to take over. Sometimes they'll only, um, you know, make mischief and wreak havoc for one novel, sometimes a novella. And sometimes they won't quit until I'm four books in. <laughs> exactly. So what is the most surprising thing you discovered while you were writing other than, you know, they, they call an end to their character four books in besides that, what, what are some surprising things you discovered while you're writing? Well, what, <laughs> this is going to sound very silly, but that people actually read it <laughs> that, you know, it's a very intimate process when you're writing a book. 
as you know, and you kind of pour your heart and soul and blood, sweat and tears, you know, onto the pages and your characters when their heart breaks, your heart breaks. And then you just kind of turn their story out to the world. It's like having a baby, really. It is. It is. And I've said that a book is like birthing a baby. Yes. And then people come along and read it. They just, they're right there in those intimate moments, you know, feeling what you felt, what have you. And that was really the most surprising. I've gotten some very interesting feedback from people and that's always what shocks me the most. Well, I'd say after 25 books, somebody has to be reading. So good job. <laughs> so out of Thank all you. of those books, who has one character stood out for you that maybe is your favorite character? Well, not really. Um, well, I say that. However, my heroes are based on my husband. So I guess I would be a bad <laughs> wife if I did not say <laughs> my heroes are my favorite characters because they're really him kind of wrapped Aww. up there. I do have a pirate romance that's coming out. Yeah, probably with all this COVID business, probably 2021 okay. will be when my pirate romance comes out. And that hero in there is just my husband just all over the place. Aww. So probably him, Calico Jack. So I have to ask, does your husband ever read your books and say, hey, I think I said that one time? Well, when they say that you marry opposites, I would say that that's never been truer than in this case. <laughs> He's not a reader. Oh, my husband's not a reader either. <laughs> He's yeah. not. He's not. He's not. He, he, he will read my books because I always need that, you know, that um, he has a minor in English, so... You know, he reads it with a English teacher's uh, mind, but often yes. say, hey, didn't I say that the other day or something? You know, oh. <laughs> I do. I do. Yes. And I do have snippets and pieces that I'll pull out and make sure that he reads. But he just, if he sits and begins to read, he falls asleep and then I lose him for the night. Oh, well, I guess don't, don't let him read your books then because once <laughs> a man goes to sleep, there's, there, there's nothing else you can do other than to let him go to sleep. So tell, yes. us, so tell us, where do you get your inspiration from? History. History. I, I absolutely love history. And I believe that as a fiction writer, the best stories have already been written and told. It's just up to us to research and find them. Oh, that was perfect. Out of all of those books, which one was the most enjoyable to write? Well, I think <laughs> Rebecca's Quilt was a lot of fun to write because it was based in my own family tree. Oh, well, that's perfect because now we're going to start talking about Rebecca's Quilt. So tell us a little bit about that main character and why she holds a special place in your heart. Well, Rebecca Stoll is the main character of Rebecca's Quilt, and her love interest is her childhood best friend and Rumspringa partner, Joseph Graber. Those are names and characters based out of Gastoff Village, Indiana, real names of the time. Aww. You know, they could be real people. The last names are still alive and well there. So you may come across a, you know, Graber's 
haberdashery or a Stoll's bakery or something of that. I researched those names to give, give honor to the people who are still living there. And I based the storyline on real stories of the time that we could have picked up and read in any newspaper. How did you go about researching that? It took a while, but I love to research. History was my first major for my first undergraduate degree. And it's really where my heart is. It sounds like it. It It sounds like it. Thank you. (laughs) So tell us what the, the key theme or the key message is in Rebecca's quilt. You are who you are in your heart, not what others make you out to be. Isn't that true? Oh my goodness, isn't that true? And you said the setting was set in Indiana? Yes, um, near where my dad grew up. um, And my sister still lives there with her family. And my dad would talk to me about the Amish villages he would pass as a teenager going to baseball practice and how he had a great respect for those people. However, it wasn't until I started dabbling in ancestry that I learned we had people who lived in Lancaster um, County, Pennsylvania. However, it was a long time ago. It was, you know, a few hundred years back. And to find that was really shocking. And I thought, wow, if we have Amish in our blood after so much of what my dad had told me about his growing up near Amish villages in Indiana, wouldn't that be a neat circle, you know, to oh. kind of come, come complete? And that would be an awesome circle. It sure would be. Well, you have intrigued us about Rebecca's quilt. Did you, do you have it with you? Can you read us your first page? Oh, well, I bet that I can. Let okay. me see here. This is um, reading the first page of any of the books from the authors that I interview is the favorite part of these podcasts. So awesome. um, they, people are well, really enjoying them. While I go through here to find that, I will tell you, we, <laughs> I did discover that we are not Amish. Oh, you after, did? Yes. Well, after Rebecca's Quilt was published, um, we had some the DNA testing come back, and we were not Amish. <laughs> my people were the Jews who came over from Austria. <laughs> oh my who goodness! Were living among the Amish, which I thought was so cool. That so is this, cool. That story is in the works right now. Oh, that is awesome! That is awesome. But I am ready with the first page. If right. you are, I am ready, and so are our listeners. So go ahead. Awesome. Well, first of all, this book is dedicated to my Dawson, who fears no rooster, especially not when it's after his little Bubba. Oh, my goodness. The Pike, Indian Territory, 1868. Look, Elnora, Samuel's German accent thickened the English words and gave them a musical feel. He pointed to the vast expanse that spread before them. That's what the English call the pike. Many are traveling west on this very road. Elnora peeked out from the wagon. So this is the territory. Her eyes searched the desolate vastness. She giggled. I see, Samuel. Many are traveling this very road right now. 
Samuel swiveled on the driver's seat to look at his wife. He shrugged and a smile played at the corner of his lips. Perhaps all the fellow travelers have already passed for the day. I miss Canada. Heloise Graber kept her voice soft when Elnora turned back toward her, but not as much as I miss Germany. Heloise patted the back of the baby boy snuggled down in the cornflower blue quilt Elnora had stitched just for him. At only two years of age, your sweet baby Joseph Graber has already crossed an ocean in three countries. Heloise, the older of the two friends, looked lovingly at her infant son. Elnora's face fell as her hand fluttered to her still flat stomach. Heloise covered her hand with hers. Your time to be a mother is coming. God has a very special plan for you and Samuel. I can feel it. Elnora's lower lip trembled. I must say, at least the weather is more agreeable here in this territory than in Canada. I may pack extra quilts when we stop to rest. She swiped at a trickle of sweat as it slid down her nose. You'll do no such thing. It may be a trifle warm, but pass those blankets over here. I'll sit on them. They ease this rickety ride. <laughs> the women dissolved into a sea of girlish giggles. Yours are the softest quilts of anyone else's in the village. Take them with you when we swap wagons, Elnora offered her fiery trust friend. Heloise shook her head. The straps on her black head covering flailed about her shoulders. It's not the same, she insisted. Part of what makes Elnora Stoll's quilt so soft is the wonderful company that comes along with them. Samuel's quick yank on the horse reins interrupted Heloise's compliment. Lucas, is that what I think it is? Samuel's voice grew higher as he called to Heloise's husband in the next wagon. The two women stared at one another, their eyes wide. Yeah, Lucas answered, yeah it is. Before Elnora could pull herself up to see the cause of the commotion, Samuel was off the driver's seat. She peeked at the menfolk piling out of the wagons. Lucas was even with Samuel, holding onto his hat with one hand and pumping the air with the other as they ran. Simon Wagler, Sarah's husband, stumbled as he ran, fumbling with the black braces that looped over his shoulders and held up his breeches. On their wagon seat, Sarah nuzzled their own infant, Elijah, who'd let out a shriek with a sudden stop. And that brings us to the end of the first page. Oh, you painted a beautiful picture. Thank you so much. And again, the, that book is Rebecca's Quilt, and I'm sure it can be found in all of anyone's favorite retailers, correct? Yes, and it is available on audio, digital, and paperback. Oh, perfect, perfect. Well, tell us what's next for Sarah. Well, <laughs> it's funny because like we talked about before, I write in all genres all the time. So there's always something cooking. Rebecca's Quilt is set for a four book series. Book two is done with the publisher, uh, ready to be born, as we said. Um, I believe they have a set for December 22nd as the release date. Um, since then, since you and I last spoke, I have a medieval romance that actually 
was born. And that one is titled As It Pleases the King. And it's set during the Tudor era. Um, era. And King Henry VIII is one of my favorite bad boys of history. We just either hate to love him or love to hate, to hate him. him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So do you have, you have a website, correct, Sarah, that, that our listeners could go to to see everything that you've written? Yes, I sure do. And that is sarahharrisbooks.com. S-A-R-A-H-A-R-R-I-S-B-O-O-K-S.com. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I'd like, I always like to finish things up on a fun note and we're going to play a speed round. Do you know what that is? I don't, but I'm excited to find out. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to rattle off some fun questions and you just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay. All right. Cake or ice cream? Ice cream. Your favorite child, your favorite childhood toy? My stuff-nipped RCA dog. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> a roller coaster or swimming pool? Swimming pool. I'm a okay. wimp. <laughs> what was the last TV show you watched? Ooh, The Sphinx, fact or fiction. <laughs> okay, perfect. And last <laughs> but not least, if you were a flower, what would you be and why? Um, I would definitely be an orchid. Oh, perfect, perfect. They are, they're so hard to grow. They have to have just the right environment. They're a little wonky, a little kooky, but they're beautiful in their own way. And they're oh. definitely not like anybody or anything else. And that explains you. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yes. So is there anything you'd like to say to your readers? Well, I would like to tell my readers to keep reading. If they are aspiring writers, um, as so many of us are, than to write their story because nobody can tell it except for them. Exactly, exactly. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. I want to thank you again for spending time with us, and I look forward to reading Rebecca's Quilt and the other three books that's, that are going to go along with that story. So that wraps up this week's episode. Next week, we'll have Serena Miller as our guest to talk about her latest release. So we'll see you next week on the Buggy Talk podcast. <laughs>